A dance CEO thrives every day with focus on gratitude, growth, and feeling aligned. Unapologetically putting themselves first, striving to become their best self personally and professionally, creating their own definition of fulfillment and success, rejecting the starving artist mentality and competition mindset for one of abundance in all things, including the success of other dance business owners. Welcome to the Dance CEO Podcast. Hello, I'm Audra Allen, the Dance CEO Coach, lifelong dancer, choreographer, and educator, I'm a happily remarried, part-time mom of two little humans and three bonus little humans, proud thriver of adult-diagnosed ADHD, lover of the beach, travel, houseplants, reading, and your host for today's episode. Thank you for being here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dance CEO Podcast. I'm so excited to have with me today my guest, Michelle Hauk. And welcome, Michelle. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about our conversation today. Yeah, we already had a lot of conversation before we hit record, so I'm excited (laughs) to see where it's going if that was our warm up. So a little bit about Michelle. Michelle, actually, her, her main thing is, which I love, is that she's a copywriter for dance business owners and food bloggers. So we will dive more into why both versus one or the other, but I wanna just dive in. Let's do this, Michelle. Let's just hear your story. Like, how did you get to this point? Oh yeah, let's do it. So I started dancing when I was four years old, like a lot of us. And I got into a pre-professional program when I was 14, but I turned it down and I continued dancing recreationally. And, um, then I got married and I left the dance world for maybe like 10 years And then I wanted to do something online. I wanted to work from home. We were thinking about having kids right before the pandemic. So I kept getting all these ads for a copywriting course, which I thought was a total scam. And it turned out to be the best thing ever. (laughs) And I, when I started the course, it said like, you can pick whatever niche you want. So I was torn between dance and food. And so I asked my husband, he's like, oh, dance, hands down. And so that was what I picked, but it was 2020. So it was really hard for the dance world in 2020 during the pandemic. So I kind of shifted my business a little bit. I expanded it to include food bloggers because they always need content. So now I do both and I love it. (laughs) I love always hearing another success story, specifically from things happening with COVID, right? Yeah. Like, which my, that's my own story, which, you know, you can listen, you'll hear it somewhere else. I'm not gonna share right now. Um, But I love that that's how you ended up here. And I actually am curious, like, my thought is if you're a food copywriter for food bloggers, how much do you love food? Oh my gosh. My friends laugh at me because I dance when I eat food. I love to eat. (laughs) Okay. So it wasn't just like, I like food and there's like, like, I like food and there's a need. It was like, I have a passion for food. And would you consider yourself a foodie? Oh yeah, definitely. I I love to eat. Oh my gosh. I love food so much. (laughs) Okay. So it's very much passionately driven still. And it sounds like, yeah, I love that. So it sounds like to me that you really have multiple passions, which we tend to do in the arts and the dance world, but we always hear the message that like we we're not really able to do it all right in that regard of like having multiple interests. But I love that you help just break down that narrative and like, yeah, you can. 
And actually, the people I find who are really happy with their dance careers are the ones who do accept the fact that they have multiple interests and pursue multiple things and not just get burnt out on one thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, you helped me to go like move forward with that and expanding my business because we connected just through Instagram. And I remember telling you like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. I would like to. And you were like, well, you should like, why, why, why not? <laughs> so I was like, okay, that was like a little bit of like a boost that I needed, like that it's okay to have more than one thing. Like you don't have to stick to just want to just dance or just food or whatever, you know, other passions you have, you can do it all. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I feel like this is something I've been sharing a lot recently because I heard somebody say it, this particular phrase like this, which clicked so well in my brain, which is if you're an entrepreneur, right? Anybody who is trying to make money on their own in any capacity, you're an entrepreneur, whether you're fully, you know, a self-sustaining or it's like a part-time gig, you're still an entrepreneur. Anyways, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have work or life. It's just your life because you do it all at the different times that make sense for you. You do all the things that mm -hmm. you enjoy. You don't walk into an office nine to five and leave. Well, maybe you do, right? But traditionally, like the concept is, so like, this is just what you did. You're like, this is my life and I'm gonna do both. Anyone who has multiple interests, why can't you do the thing? I think the concept of like, you have to go all in on one idea if you wanna be successful starting a business. I don't think it applies to the arts because we're creatives at our core, right? Like we're yeah. just, we just have so many ways we wanna express ourselves and we wanna share with the world. And I think there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think it applies more to the traditional sense of a business, right? Those who might be doing like a product launch or like yeah. wanting to get to a Fortune 500 company. Fantastic. But I don't think those traditional business guidelines apply to the arts, which I mean, my yeah. business now what it is has never done a traditional business structure ever. And that's what I love about it. And that's why I love helping my clients and people in my space to understand that it's your life. There's no black and white way to get to this point wherever you want to be. Yes. There's like orange and blue. There's like no yeah. black and white. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, you know, I mean, you're a dancer, you have a ton of black in your wardrobe, but that's pretty much yeah. about it. Like, yeah, that's as black as it's going to get. Actually, <laughs> we're both wearing black shirts today. So I want to hear more about what does your process look like with your business now? Like how, like talk me through like how that looks doing different, completely different areas of focus. So it, just like with you, it's like always changing and evolving. Life is always changing. But so what I do right now, I have um, one dancer that I work with, Katie from dancerfitness.com. So it. I have little blog, blogs. Katie. Yeah, she's, oh, I love her. She's awesome. <laughs> um, but I do a couple blogs for her each month. And then I have a couple uh, food blogger clients. So those are like, I kind of devote usually a week to each food blogger client. And then I've left a week open in the month for my new VIP offer for dancers. So that way they just have that total one-on-one -on -one focus and we can dive deep into their offer and get that squared away so they can sell it. <laughs> what I'm hearing is your systems. You're already very aware of the systems you have going in your place. And you and I are very similar in that we love a good system. Yes. And just to clarify, systems doesn't necessarily mean just like technology, although that is a part of it. System is 
any way that you decide to repeatedly do something, how you structure achieving the tasks you have at hand. Whether that's like you are a sticky note person and you have sticky notes everywhere, that's your system, regardless of someone else thinks it's not organized or not, right? Whether that's you like you schedule everything on every minute it's accounted for, that's your system. Whether you keep, yeah, all those. So I'm hearing systems coming up for you. Oh, yeah. And I know I that you and I love a good system. Uh-huh. I know I we both have a check mark. Oh, so good. Do you write down the thing to put the check mark, even if it's already been done because you didn't get a chance to check it yep. out? Okay. Glad I'm like, not oh, the I'm already accomplished for the day. I will say that half the time why they are not on my list is because they're not what I plan to do. And I go rogue, which is totally traditional for my ADHD brain. But then I go back and I add them to the check off because like I still did things. It just wasn't what was yeah. on my list initially. Yes, because sometimes at the end of the day, I like will feel like I didn't accomplish anything. And then I'm like, well, what did I do today? And I'll still write those down. I'm like, oh, I still got other things done I cleaned my house or Mm -hmm. I wrote this email or whatever like there are things that I got done I just forget about them already by the end of the day I guess yeah and that that just completely supports the concept that it's just your life right a successful Mm -hmm. day is what you want it to be it's not just only the things on your list or only business related like your life is what you're doing. And so if that middle of the day, you decide to take a break and clean something because it was getting at you and you're having, it's blocking your ability to create what you need to for your client. Like you freaking did the thing. And at the end of the day, your house is taken care of and you got some work done on your business. Yes. Yes, Yes, exactly. So this morning to like give an example to that is, I mean, I mix it all in. I layer it all day. Like I know if, if those listeners might be new, I am a remarried mother. So my kids are from my previous marriage. And so I share custody with them 50, 50. And I'm right now in mom mode. I have my kids. So I dropped them off at school and then I went to the gym and then I came home and did mindset work. And then I hopped on a call with my friend who I talked to weekly, who's also a dance business owner, but I also did the dishes while I talked to her and we discussed business things. And then I did some work to prep for this. And then I hopped in the shower and got ready. So like, it's very layered. Like if it's either like, I could have gotten ready, been dressed for the day and just sat down at my desk, but that didn't feel like how my day would go. Now my kitchen's clean when I walk into it, but also I'm getting work stuff done too. So I'm feeling accomplished and all those areas are being achieved and there is nothing wrong with either way of doing that. Yeah, I love that. And I am the same way. If I can accomplish two things at the same time, I'm totally going to do that. So like on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings, I try to clean my house on Tuesdays, but I listen to a copywriting work session um, with another copywriter and like my copywriting Facebook group. And so that's like a two hour thing. So I like take my time and clean everything and listen. And so it's like, I'm getting some like mentorship and getting my house clean at the same time. So I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's keep talking about that then. Cause I have some of the similar things. I think that this is actually just really pulling the curtain back on giving people permission to show up fully how they want to in their lives. Like there's no wrong way. So multitasking totally there for it. I know that like scientists say, well, you can't fully, well, if I'm mindlessly cleaning something, well, actually, yeah, you can make those things happen. Yeah. I actually, as part of my daily mindset work, one of the things I listen to is from a mentor. I listen to his daily voice memos he sends out and I listen to them while I'm in the shower. If I'm, yeah, when I'm in the car, I will listen to client messages while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'll respond. Like once I get like my clients see me parked in my parking lot all the time, because I'll respond like at the end of it. 
So at the end of the drive. So there's just no, there's no wrong way to do it. If you at the end of the day feel successful in what you found important got accomplished, how you achieved that was the right answer. Yeah. Totally agree. Cause I mean, everyone's life is just so different. Like mm-hmm. you have kids now, some of the time you have extra kids. And so yeah, I've got some bonus I mean, kids. <laughs> life is just always, you know, everyone's just so different. Like I don't have any kids. That's so why I have a ton of flexibility in my day. I can pretty much do whatever I want, whenever I want to, but like my husband has a crazy schedule so I can like alter mine to fit his so I can actually see him still. <laughs> So yeah, it's just whatever I think works for you and your schedule and your life, like you can make it, you can make it work. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. And the last thing with that is, um, for me, like the ultimate, like productivity experience for me, is like, if I have laundry running and the dishwasher is going and like something like I've got like all the things happening, like the Roomba's going, like if all the machines are going and I'm sitting down and working, I feel like a freaking boss. I'm like, oh, all yes. the, oh my gosh, so good. I might not be where I have like a house cleaner or someone coming in and assisting me, but I got all the things I do have working for me while I'm doing this other thing. And that feels powerful. <laughs> yes, man. Th- these appliances are like the best invention ever. Yeah. Not having to do my dishes and wash my clothes. <laughs> yep. And I will say that, like, actually, I do my I do my laundry during the day, during during the work day. Like, yeah. I don't, I have that flexibility, right? Not everybody does. Like, if you're like, if you're a studio owner, right, and you're at the studio at night, I understand right. that. But like, if you are at home for a chunk of time, like, I break it up to like, okay, every like, I work for like 50 minutes, I stop, I change the laundry, I go outside, I'll grab a snack, whatever, go back in, do the next thing, and like, I'll make that part of. I actually get more done when I do laundry because I have to stay on that schedule to keep it going. Versus when I'm just like, I'll get to it. That is exactly what I was about to say. As I love doing laundry, especially if I have a lot of work that I want to get done. That day like I'm trying to like kind of crunch things into one day or something um because it forces me to get up and take a break and walk around and do something because otherwise like you I'll just be there for three hours and I'm like oh I didn't get that like I'm not where I thought I would be and I work Mm -hmm. faster when I'm like okay I have like 45 minutes and then I need to fold some laundry (laughs) yeah so true oh yeah I'm gonna be honest I don't I don't fold my kids laundry. They just go stuffed in their drawers. Well, they, I put, I have, yeah. Anyways, those life hacks, if it doesn't have to be folded and it's not going to crease, why my stuff's folded, not my kids, but, <laughs> um, okay. What would you say is like a productivity hack that you would love to share? So, um, I, I use HoneyBook and I mm-hmm. love that for, when I get new inquiries, because I just have it set up automatically. Cause I found that I was spending so much time, like, oh, let me like send them the Zoom link and now let's send them the Calendly link and now let me send them this thing. And I just felt like I was spending like kind of wasting time, even though it wasn't a lot of time, but I feel like it was a time waster. So um, yeah, using HoneyBook and there are other, you know, things that you can use. But um, so I just have it automatically set up where the now they fill out in intake form. And then I get the form, I look that over, see if that, if I think it's a good fit or not. And then I initiate another automation where it just sends them the Zoom link and a Calendly link to schedule the call. And um, I just added a ideal client questionnaire, which I should have started doing that a long time ago. But that has been super helpful because even if they don't work with me, they still have all this information. And everyone has said, like, I've never 
even thought about half of these things with my clients. And it's so important to know who you're talking to so that you can reach like the right people, reach your people. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's like been one of the best things that I did and should have done it a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. So for those who don't know, I totally understood what she was saying because I also use HoneyBook for part of my systems. So HoneyBook is a CRM, which is shorthand for Customer relationship management. management. That makes more sense. Okay. So the whole point of having any type of CRM, so a type of software that you use, is to streamline the process of first contact with the potential client to all the way through with working with them until the end. So like Michelle spoke to HoneyBook. This is not a plug for HoneyBook, although we both use it, (laughs) but I will drop a link to HoneyBook in the show notes. They actually go from the intake, which Michelle talked about, like you can actually go like make contact, schedule the thing. And if you... You actually create like a, a folder or a client space from they actually get an account created for them within HoneyBook and they actually can access it with all of your email correspondence. It allows you to on the user side for you to see if they've opened and read messages. Contracts are created there, agreements, payments, customized invoices, all of it's happened. You can actually track where you are in the project you've agreed, agreed on as well. And the contracts you sign are legally binding in HoneyBook not to dive into legalities, but if you just have someone sign a Google doc, it's not legally binding. So um, HoneyBook is one of the many ways that you can streamline both your your process. Like you said, it took you from going all over the place to like, you just say, hey, I'm scheduling this thing and like it's automatically synced with Zoom and it sends the link out to them and they get the reminders and you have to do nothing else. It helps us. It's like a, it's like a virtual assistant, but an actual system and not a human. And it helps the customer feel like you have your shiz together on the front end. And it actually looks really professional for them. And it reduces work for them too. They're not looking through the thousand emails you sent. They have one place to go to. They have one account. It is my birthday month and I am a huge celebrator of all things birthdays. May 1st is the day that I start all the way through the end of the month, although my birthday is actually on May 21st. I want to celebrate with you, and so I want to give. I want to give you this month more opportunities and ways to work with me. So I'm not only just offering one thing, I'm actually offering so many things, so you can decide what is a good fit for you. Have you been wanting to work with me, but maybe my offers haven't been at the right time or the right price point? Today's that day. First, I wanna share with you that I am so excited to bring back a live coaching round for the Business Academy for Dancers. I shut the doors on this live coaching version this last year when I launched the Dance CEO University, but I've had enough interest that it's time to bring back a live round. Now, I don't know when the next round is gonna happen or if there will be one after this. You can join the Business Academy for Dancers, which is designed for all those who are starting out on their business journey or are interested or improving their business knowledge as an entrepreneur and takes you from A to Z, all things business. I did all the work initially learning via Google all the things to start a business and I've done the work for you and put it all in one streamlined package and you get the added benefit of having live coaching with me weekly as a group for four months. The next offer I have is the second round of the Dance CEO University. It's so freaking exciting that we're already at the round two. The first cohort has been phenomenal and now it's time to bring in the next six people who are interested in up-leveling their journey if they already have established dance businesses. I'm also bringing back an offer I haven't had in a while which is a three-hour VIP day with me. We will dive into all the things we need to address. It can be mindset, it can be 
systems. It can be whatever the topic is in your business. You will get me for three solid hours. The last offer I'm making available only exclusively for this month is my New Year Thriving You mini course. Although it says New Year, it actually is applicable at any point in the year and it literally takes you through the process of how to audit and review your past year, get clear on what you want to make happen this year, plan that out, and create an action plan to take you forward. I've had many people already purchase this and execute it with success. It doesn't take very much time. And that will be available to you with the added bonus if you sign up for that. The CEO manifesto that I give to all my clients, but I'll add this to help you continue on your journey. If any of these amazing offers sound appealing, please head to thedanceceocoach.com slash birthday. And you will see there a little bit of everything. Click on what interests you, dive into it, purchase a thing, reserve your seat sign up for a spot with me and this offering in this package is only available for the month of may as you heard there are limited seats for the coaching programs and if you're interested but i did you know a few people are interested themselves and so those are going to go fast dm me if you have any questions or want some more insight and i cannot wait to help you celebrate with me my birthday and helping you grow to become the ceo of your life and your business So a productivity hack sounds like, in general, can you streamline and what is your customer user experience like? What is their experience like working with you? And on the inside, what is it like for you getting in contact and taking them through the journey of working with you? Even if you're not using a system at where you pay for it, even just streamlining what are the key things? What is my one scheduling software I use? What is my one email and correspondence? What do I like just getting clear on the steps so you can do that repeatedly until you're ready to invest in a system and pay monthly for it? Because I mean, I didn't have HoneyBook right away. Like I was very much doing that, going all the places, sending all the emails. Everything was with, with everything was Google Docs. Everything was email and manually inserting and copying the Zoom link, right? For all of that until I was ready for, like, to go, okay, I, I'm ready to put my time and energy into something else and help my customers have a better experience and then started looking into that. So there's your big productivity hack for the day whether or not it's a software how how can you increase or decrease the extra and increase the quality of the time you have with the potential client through working with them yeah and i will say um working with crms it it's a little bit of a learning curve when you start with it because i i don't consider myself to be a tech savvy person which i think a lot of people are surprised by i'm a writer i'm not a tech person <laughs> Um, so it, it actually took me probably like a week or two to get all my stuff set up. And I wanted to throw my laptop out the window because I got frustrated so many times, but we can do hard things. So you can <laughs> learn it, you can set it up and you'll feel super accomplished if you decide to use a CRM. Um, I know there are other ones that people have told me are a little more complicated. So that was why I went with HoneyBook. Um, and I think it was a little bit cheaper too, but, um, Yeah. I, once you can get it done, it's totally worth it. Yeah, I totally agree. And also my experience has been when I go, my personal preference is when I go the route of looking at softwares to up-level my processes in my business. Some of the key things I love is if there are newer, for most part, if there are newer software, because they're still in that like building out and responding to what the clients are asking for. Like I actually joined HoneyBook three years ago. So I was with them like, newbies like where they were still like really starting out and so they've added it's like a freaking cadillac today compared to what it was like a little like ford like oh my gosh it was crazy um 
I was just doing car references of people. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, so it's really up leveled. But I love that because they're constantly. I was actually I remember saying like, "Hey, I really am missing. I would really love if I could have this feature." And like, "Oh yeah, thank you so much." And got back like, "Yeah, two other people have just reached like, thanks for letting us know." Like direct messaging, they were hearing us just an email correspondence. And so I found a lot of success with that and a lot of different softwares I've gone the route of. I found that I prefer ones a little bit more new because they're still open to building and receiving what yeah. you have to say versus like, oh, this is what we built. You just have to stick with it. Yeah. So yeah, my personal preference. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I almost joined because I started my business in July of 2020. So almost three years. And that, that was like when I heard other copywriters like, oh, let's try HoneyBook. And I was like, just starting. So I didn't need it. But I was like, oh, maybe later. And now I love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's never the wrong time. Like the only wrong time is if you meant to do it and you never did it. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it works out. I mean, there are some things like if you know, like I was open to that journey because I also wasn't really sure what I wanted out of my CRM experience. Like I was learning with them. But then there's other things like I use a platform called Kajabi. Look at me just dropping all the things today. A platform called, called Kajabi, which was initially designed for people who wanted to host online courses that they could sell to customers. And when I first experienced it as a user, I was like, this, this is Cadillac quality. Like, this is fancy. And it was so nice to be able to receive content someone else had pre-recorded for me or been involved in their, their program through that platform. And at the time of my, my budding business, it was not financially my future, near future at all to be able to use that. But I knew that that was what I wanted to up level and to for my customers. And about three, three months after I said, oh, I'll get to that in like, I think within five years, I can afford that. Within three months, I was I went ahead and like made the sacrifices and figure out how to pay for it because I realized it was going to save me so much time yeah. and it hosts so many things. And then my customers up leveled their experience and streamlined so much for both of us. I haven't looked back. I've been with them for a long time as well. And like my podcast is hosted on Kajabi, my website, my landing pages, all my courses I offer, my community, my like coaching, like all the things that I keep coming out with more. And uh, so it was really just about finding the thing that works for you and just mm -hmm. making sure it, what works for you. And if it is like, oh, I don't want to put money in that, are you going to, you're going to invest your time, energy and money in something. So do you want to do it like piecemealing everything together for hours? Or do you want to like invest that much time, energy, money into a platform that's going to do most of it for you and have to spend way less time in there and everyone likes the user experience as well. So yeah. now that we've really gone down that rabbit hole of productivity. <laughs> So I, I actually want to dive a little bit more into your dance background, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. a little curious because okay. I, I want to kind of go a little bit more from like you turned it down. Let's start there. When you said you were accepted a pre-professional program and you turned it down. Let's just let's start there. <laughs> so I went, I so in elementary school and middle school, I went to performing arts schools. And so my focus was dance. When you got to fourth grade, you could pick a focus. And so I picked dance, of course. Um, and then in middle school, there was a, a, a high school that you had to audition to get into. And you were basically guaranteed a job by the time you graduated with the company, because they would do like a showcase at the end of the year and companies would come and you got it, would, you would have a job. So I was like, I'm going to audition for this. Sorry, I got a hair in my face. Um, <laughs> um, so I auditioned, I got in, and then I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I was afraid that it was a very intense program. And so I was afraid that 
if I did it, that I would lose my joy in dance. And I was already very like, I, I want I need to be perfect. I want to get these roles. I want to, I need to be skinny. I need to be all of these different things. I put a ton of pressure on myself as a dancer. And so I just was like, maybe, maybe not. I feel like I will possibly hate dance and I don't want that to happen. So I turned it down and then I kept dancing at my studio and still loved it. But then I got married. I got married really young when I was 18, like six months after I graduated high school, (laughs) but we're still together. Um, So then I like kind of left dance for a little bit. I almost uh, got a teaching job when I got married. Um, But then that, I, that kind of didn't work out. Um, And that was on my end (laughs) again. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, then when I, I took another class, I think in 2018, because I just told my husband, like, I just miss dancing. I just want to be in a studio. I just want to dance across the floor. I just want to put on my ballet shoes and have space to move. And I just miss it. And he was like, well, go take a class. Like he's always supportive of whatever I want to do. So I took a summer session and it was like very, very beginner. It made me insane. And I had already paid for the whole like summer. So I had to keep going. (laughs) But it kind of like reignited that joy for dance in me. And I was like, oh man, I didn't realize how much I missed it until I was back doing it, even though it was very, very beginner. And then when I started copywriting, I was like, I don't know, like, how would this work? I don't know who I would write for. And then I started seeing all of these changes that have happened in dance just with like nutrition or taking care of yourself and strength training and making your career last longer without injuries, you know, if possible. And so I really loved that because that was like all of the things that I feel like I didn't have when I was dancing every day of my life. And now all of these resources are popping up and helping the dance community. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. So that was Mm -hmm. kind of the the draw for me is I was like, I I don't necessarily love to have when I'm on stage, I love to have like the lights on me and everyone watching me. But if I'm not on stage, I don't really want like the attention on me. So I love like letting everyone else like take the the credit and I could just be behind the scenes like, yay, like I helped you do that. This is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that um, thank you for sharing all of that. I really appreciate you sharing your story. You mentioning that you're fine being behind the scenes and letting other people take the credit, but you help them do that. That is such a good reminder that very rarely successful businesses, they do it entirely by themselves. It might look like they do because that's how it's presented, but there's a whole, it could be a whole team. It could be one person. I mean, myself, I have a virtual assistant right now. She and I have been working. I've had, I've worked with her before. I mean, I go through phases of who I work with based on what the needs are behind the scenes. So I've had people do my website. I've had people help me with content creation. I have people like coach me. I've had people like, right. There's always someone behind the scenes to help the results increase. So just a friendly reminder that if you're like starting out and it's just you right now, it doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. It means it's part of the journey and it's okay if you decide to bring someone on your team and like know that they probably also are like Michelle who just loves supporting you, but also people when you see the successful side and someone makes it sound like they do everything by themselves and they're higher up, 
just check in and be like, is that reality? Like, is that true? I mean, if it's maybe that they don't do anything in their business, maybe they invest their money in having someone do stuff in their personal home. So maybe yeah. they hire someone to like do their laundry or cook all their meals or like what well, maybe they have that that's where they invested their money so they can do everything in their business. So there's still something mm -hmm. behind the door, like there's still someone behind the scenes to help them. It's very rare they can make this happen. I have my children in an after school program. That's part of what I do to help my business be successful. I get a few extra hours every single day and they get that support to get homework help and like hang out with friends and get energy out when I wouldn't be able to give that to them because I'd just be at home when I'm still working. So it allows right. like, so that's another like way that I get. So there's always something behind the scenes to help you grow and be successful. So just a little plug and reminder out there. Yes, I definitely agree with that. That's actually how I decided to expand to food bloggers is because my mother-in-law started a YouTube channel and it was great. Like, you know, she was started, but I was like, well, like where are the recipes? Like, do I just have to press play and pause every time I want to like see the next step of the recipe? And so she was like, I don't have time to do the blog. So, um, that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. Cause I just kind of assumed like, oh, they're food bloggers. They just, that's just part of their job. They like doing it. They have the time for it. And then I realized like, there's so much stuff to do in every business that you just, there's no, absolutely no way that you can do everything by yourself. Like no way at all. So it takes, yeah. it takes a team. <laughs> it does. I mean, even if your team is like your significant other, right. And your yeah. like loved mm -hmm. ones, like there's still someone like you do not do it by yourself. There are other people no. who help you be successful. So, yes. <laughs> um, I would love to shift into your area of expertise of specifically copywriting. So mm -hmm. for those who are not in a place to hire a copywriter yet, I know we didn't talk about doing this beforehand, but what are like some top tips you can help somebody like get them more genuine? Because I, I suspect most people, especially in the dance world, have a hard time figuring out how to convey what they're thinking, right? In a way that translates to the ideal or potential customer to then want to have them potentially talk and work together. Yeah. So what would be some things to overcome that or ways to kind of get started on that? Take it away, Michelle, whatever you feel you should share. <laughs> okay. I'll try not to go off on like all of the things. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's keep it down to like first step. Someone says, I have this business idea or I'm already starting to do this, but I'm really struggling with how to convey that message in writing. How, what can I do? Yeah. So that is actually, that's a super common, uh, struggle, I guess, obstacle for anybody that owns a business and even more. So I feel like for dancers, um, the first thing I would say is really clear on who your ideal client is. And it's not just like this generic, oh, my ideal client is in college and she's 19 and she's trying to figure out where she wants to go in her dance career. Like it needs to be a little bit more than just that. So like a couple of the questions on my ideal client questionnaire, one of them is like, what does their life look like right now? And what does it look like after working with you or finding you online? Like what is the transformation going to be for them? Um, but yeah, just getting very, very clear on who you want to work with and and how exactly you can help them. Um, the other thing with writing is, I think when we think of writing, we think like in school when you had to like write these technical essays and everything had to be correct. Forget all that. 
you don't need all that. Just like, even if you just like record yourself talking and then you can, um, like Google Docs has like a voice typing tool. Even if you just like record yourself, that's going to be a much better starting point for you than trying to be like writing correctly and like following grammar rules and things like that. So copywriting is supposed to sound like a conversation with, I say with your bestie. <laughs> so just like view it that way, just view it as like you're having conversation with your ideal client across from your kitchen table over a glass of wine. Like that's, that will significantly help your writing and help you reach the right people. I love that. So I'm going to ask from a personal place. So I know that for me, I have gotten like I've gotten to a point where I'm comfortable with the writing. But what I still struggle with is if like I really want to help the person who reads this have this kind of transformation by the end. Mm -hmm. I struggle with the fact that my brain goes so fast with ADHD to get it to a comprehensible version in text. Like I can't do the writing to text or the talking to text process because I go so fast that it's just, yeah. So like I have to write it, but then my brain's like, there's this whole thing in there. Is there like a special formula of like a certain way to present the information to try to get someone like through like a transformation journey when they read the context, like any tips with that? Um, so what do you, do you mostly write like emails? Are you thinking? Um, I personally, I write emails. I write long captions on my content. I write short captions on my content. I DM with people. Like there's a lot of different ways that I share my copy. So um, with emails, what you could do is kind of maybe stick to like one topic. Actually, you could do that with everything really is just like stick with one specific thing. And that could even go across different platforms. Like it could be in your email, it could be an Instagram post, it could be um, somewhere else I can't think of right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, just having like one little piece of information and sticking with that. Because I think I feel like I do this. I think other people do as well Is we just get so excited about what we're, we're sharing and we want to kind of like, we start off with one thing, but then we kind of go into like all these different directions and it kind of loses people. So just stick like to one specific thing. Like if you are sharing like a specific mindset tip, stick with that one thing, maybe how like that's transformed your life or a specific person that you're working with, how it's helped them. Um, and you can even like with that one specific tip, you could even make multiple um, emails or posts from that with different people you've worked with or um, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's hard to do, but just sticking with one, one specific thing. <laughs> Whenever I decided to speak in my own voice, it comes easier but I've also always heard like, you need to speak in a way that your audience consumes it, right? So it's like finding that balance. Like like my husband is a very intellectually brilliant man and he uses words. I have to pause and ask him to wait and I will look it up. Cause if I want, I, I want to like at least have the dignity to research it myself first, ask him what that means. Like, so if I were like, if he were to speak to my community with those words, I would lose my community. So yeah. what would you say about that blend of like talking in a way that community receives it, but also that feels authentic to you? Yeah. So I try to use, when I write everything, I actually put it into like a, uh, 
I, what is it called? Hemingway app is what I use. And my goal actually is to try to get it at a sixth grade reading level or less. Um, because people like you, like with you, with the big words that we don't know, cause my husband's the same way he uses words. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but, <laughs> um, so you want to use like simple language that's not making people go like, well, what does that mean? Because they're not going to take the time to look it up. Like they just want a simple, easy read, something they don't have to think about. Um, so keeping the language simple, but using words like for us, using words that dancers know. So whether that's like a, a dance term or a brand, like a point shoe brand or a Leo brand or different things like that, things that tell them like I'm talking to you but other people aren't going to know what that is they don't know what Gator Minden is or anything like that so <laughs> they're going to say who's that <laughs> so just kind of like using terms that your community knows about like dance terms but keeping the like everyday language keeping it like pretty simple so they don't have to think too much about it hmm. okay that that's really helpful and that makes a good point I know I've always Anytime I, my analogies relate to the, the studio, like people are like, oh, like right, the light bulbs always go off, right? Yeah. That's how, like, if, yeah. So I realized, you know, how much, cause I work in the dance world. So I have that convenience of understanding it. So like when I'm able to like, what's my analogy? Like earlier I said cars, that doesn't mean anything, right? Like if we were to relate that to like, um, I've heard like, like you go, you, you order like a generic tutu from like a mass supplier or you have someone like make like a, you know, a fancy, like yeah. personalized, like that would have been the, like the difference yeah. if I had used, <laughs> if I had used that instead. Uh, <laughs> a customized tutu versus a practice one. <laughs> yeah. I love it. There you go. Thank you. That, and that's why you're a copywriter. You just like succinctly put all that. I went through like a whole paragraph. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So saying in a way that even the examples are relatable. And even like, for me, I found that's the most successful. That's why I pull people in is when my analogies are mm -hmm. relatable. Yeah. And stories are really great mm. because I mean, a, probably a lot of your dance experiences and my dance experiences, a lot of us um, connect with those. So stories are also a really great way to um, help bring, like, help explain the transformation that, like, you can bring into dancers' lives, because I know that you helped, you've helped so many people. You're yeah. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I really appreciate that. I love being in this. I always, I'm always smile really big when I see you pop up on my screen for whatever oh, we're working together. Um, <laughs> um, well, now I was just thinking, like, well, what stories could be shared with, like, based on our business journey? Like, now I'm like, that has me going, like, you and I right now. So, I was just thinking back to the comment you made about earlier you struggled with um your decision to not dance anymore partially because you're you know, already the pressure on yourself to be perfect and all those things that pretty much any of us growing up at all right have had that pressure and that really actually hindered my business the perfection side of things yeah. because i had that per like the performance aspect right you have you appear you have to come across as this you're flawless right but yeah. i was starting my business with no previous business knowledge whatsoever so i had a freaking hard time showing up i had so much fear i thought people would be judging me and but it was all in, no it was all in my head so i personally had to do so much internal work to mm -hmm. really yep. release and let go of the perfectionist because it's never going to be reality and then the freedom that came with that and like if i look forward to actually getting back into performing side of my dance world as an adult with no longer having those expectations yeah 
removing like and the fact that most of us understand as adults that the beauty is actually in the lack of perfection and that's mm -hmm. what's relatable and so like on my you hear me giggle and like i mean you you heard me you're listening right now you hear me not being completely succinct in how i express myself and i've embraced that and that's how i am and like my commenting online are like oh i mean i sent out emails with typos because i'll be honest and wrote <laughs> it super fast and i skimmed it and missed like oh yeah well that happened and like People don't unsubscribe for me for it. And not that I've right. experienced or send me like hate email. So yeah, I think it just helps us be authentic and recognizing. And so, um, yeah, I was just thinking like my, for my story is just the beginning. It took me probably about a year with my starting my business to really release the fear of not with my clients, but actually online and social media, like the platform, like the stage of social media. That's where I was really terrified of showing up with any flaws and it took me a long time to work through that. Yeah, that um, actually starting my business and learning all of the mindset tools, I was like, my mind was blown. And I wish that it had been taught to me as a dancer, really, mm -hmm. in general, I feel like everyone should know about mindset, just the way that you look at things can really transform your life and your business and your relationships and everything. Preach. That is literally <laughs> one of the main things I do in my coaching. You just keep talking, keep sharing sister. Like <laughs> just work with Audra. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, when I, when I took my copywriting course, it was an online course that I did. And the whole beginning part was on mindset and setting goals for yourself and really diving into how you view like different aspects of your life. And when I first got it, I was going to skip it. I was like, I don't need that. I just need to learn this. I need to like get this going. But I, everyone in the, in the community that was part of the course, they're like, do not skip this. These are essential steps. And so I was like, okay. So I did it and I was like, wow, this, this is really cool. And that kind of like started my interest in mindset work and, um, and how like valuable that is for you. So, um, that definitely, I feel like is what helped me continue going because without it, I think I would have quit a long time ago and just mm. been like, this is hard. It's not going the way I want. There just would have been so many points where I could have just given up and not done it. But one of my favorite things that I always tell myself is done is better than perfect. And that was kind of what got me out of the perfectionist mindset because it's not going to be perfect. Nothing, nothing is perfect. So just, just do it, do it scared. Done is better than perfect. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I mean, I actually had a very similar experience, which ironically, I didn't think about that when I'm the mindset coach to share, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, is I too was introduced to mindset concepts, mindset concepts. And so many like of the coaches I've worked with or the programs I've done or courses I've taken start there. Mm -hmm. and the validity of it um and i too wish i had had that growing up because the self-dialogue right the self-talk yeah. and just the the at the end of the day i think one of the most powerful things about mindset work and like building the skills because it is a skill is the grace you give with yourself and the self-love and compassion you have regularly versus you are beating yourself down yeah you like literally could have a dialogue with the thoughts in your head and shift it into a place of love and compassion and understanding because at the end of the day, no one else is ever going to do that with you mm -hmm. on the scale that yeah. you will. Like you are the one person you're going to spend your entire life with. 
So might as well try and enjoy the relationship and get into a healthy relationship and learn the skills to have the dialogue when things aren't going great, just like you would have for the external relationship. And mindset is crucial. It's the first thing of my four-step process, the Dance CEO method. You've heard me say this before, master your mindset. And all my clients, no matter if they're beginning business, established businesses, we do that first section. And some clients all need a little bit of work there. And some clients who spend the majority of our coaching time together in over six months on mindset skills. And no matter yeah. what, just like in the studio, we always come back and revisit it because it's like your foundational aspects of your technique. You have to keep revisiting the technique and working on it. You have to keep revisiting your mindset skills and keep working on it to improve and continue to get better at it. There, You don't ever just like get your skills and you're done, just like in dance. There's always more work to be done with your mindset. Yeah. Yep. It is an ongoing thing. And there's even like things where, because I like reading mindset books. And so mm-hmm. There are things that like I've read and I'm like, oh, okay. But maybe I feel like at that point I didn't really need it as much, but then I'll read something else six months later. And I know I read that like idea before and I'm like, oh, I, I've started doing this or that thing and I need to like adjust that. So it's, yeah, it's just a continuous thing. Just like I said earlier, life is always changing. And mm-hmm. and so that kind of can like affect what's going on. Um, mindset wise. So that kind of needs like adjustments and tweaking and learning and growing. And it's a constant continuous thing. Yep. So true. And then just like how you were sharing, like you may receive it at one point, but you're not quite ready to fully understand it yet. There's just like getting feedback right in the dance studio. Like your teacher says this and this, and it's just not clicking. And then one day, like something else was said and that triggered that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I understand your just body wasn't quite ready to do it. Like, it's just, keep receiving the information and things will fall into place when it's time and you're ready to like apply it and fully understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We definitely could talk about this forever. Oh yeah. (laughs) We could go on and on and on. Michelle, (laughs) I would love to shift now into learning like your behind the scenes, like your day to day. I know we kind of talked a little bit about how you have the flexibility and all that, but talk me through like, what's the day like for Michelle running your business? I form my day around my husband's work schedule. So he works 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. So we don't go to bed till like 1230 or 1 (laughs) a.m. typically. I want to preface with that because when my husband gets home, we um, kind of started recently a new thing where we like, I could make some charcuterie and we have a glass of wine and we talk about our day and what all happened, maybe watch some TV after. So we go to bed late. Then I usually get up around like nine or nine 30, something like that. Um, and then we walk the dog together make breakfast. We kind of just like hang out a little bit before he goes to work. Sometimes I'll start working a little bit earlier if I need to, but I usually try to do my work when he goes to work and I don't actually work that much. I only work, I try to keep it at like four hours a day. Um, and then I do my workout. I do a Pilates workout four days a week and yeah, that's, that's pretty much pretty much what it is. It's pretty simple. Nothing too crazy. I just kind of hang out with my dog. And (laughs) I want to hear your process to be so um, the quality to get work done in four hours versus spending like eight hours a day. Like talk me through like what you figured out that helps you get it done in less time. Okay. So what works really well for me is timing myself because I will just get like, oh, let me check emails. Let me go look on Instagram. Let me, I get, I just get 
pulled into other things. So I find that, and I can't think of what it's called, but where you like give yourself a specific amount of time and you time yourself and then you take like a five or 10 minute break. That helps me be the most productive. Um, also deadlines. Um, my uh, Some of my clients don't actually give me deadlines and then some of them do. So I give myself deadlines because I work with an editor. So I schedule the edits that way. It's like, okay, I have to get this done by this day so that Wait, they get it. Let's pause. So you're saying the help you on the back end is that you do the thing and you have somebody else edit it for you. Yep. Oh, Love yeah. it. That's another curtain revealed, right? Pulled back and another reveal that like no one person is doing all the thing. Okay. Keep going. No. I just wanted to spotlight that for a second. Yes. And I'll just say really quick with the edits. I, when I first started out, I was trying to do my own edits and it was taking me almost as long to write blogs. It was taking me almost that amount of time to ed- to do the edits just because by the time I was done writing, my mind was so shot and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm reading anymore. I just want to like stop. <laughs> so yeah, an editor has been like a lifesaver and they're, she's awesome. So I never even considered that before, to be honest, like in my mind, copywriters were also the editors. There, I think there are quite a few that like doing it. Um, And I'm just a huge advocate. Like if you hate it, outsource it. Like I will happily pay my editor whatever she wants. She just raised her rates and I'm like, you could be charging more. So (laughs) um, if it's something that you hate, outsource it and just have someone who does enjoy doing that. And that is their expertise and and then it'll get done right. And you can keep your sanity. (laughs) So true. I mean, I agree with that journal concept. Yes. I hadn't realized. Yeah. I'm learning things too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, so the biggest thing with my productivity is just having, um, timer timing myself and having the deadlines. The deadlines is really what like pushes me because there are still days that I'm like, "Eh, I don't really feel like working today. It's raining outside. I just want to watch a movie. Like, where I want to do other things. And so having those deadlines, um, whether they're set by clients or whether I set them for myself, those really like help me like keep, keep up with my schedule. So. I love it. Thank you. So the time thing, I think you're coming out with the Pompadour method. Yes. Pompadour. Yes, Pompadour. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which that general concept is the initial one was 25 minutes of work, five minutes break. And um, that's like the basic. So I believe in doing that as well. I found, um, I actually learned that when a productivity study was done that people are the most successful and productive when they work for 52 minutes and then take a break. So, which I found really interesting. So I shifted to that because it takes about 30 minutes to get into the flow of things. Yeah. So like, if you're going to do like a three hour work chunk, you work for 50 minutes, take like a 10 minute breaks, you're back on the hours, what works for me. I like, I will like, you know, get more tea. I'll do whatever. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. And then I'm back on and I'll do that, but I'm in the flow still. I just get a chance to like breathe and like recharge. But mm-hmm. yeah. So I do 50 minute breaks. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Something that you just reminded me of too is, um, batching. Yeah. So I will, so I do like in blogs and for websites, um, I do like keyword research, like SEO stuff. So like one day I'll do like all the SEO research for the different projects I have for that week and just spend the day doing that. And then that helps me and I'll kind of like 
kind of get it like formatted for each thing. So that way, okay, tomorrow I can just get going with this blog and the next day I can just get this blog done. And so that helps me because then I'm not doing like, okay, let me spend 30 minutes of SEO. Now I'm in the groove of that. Now let me switch to writing. So that has helped tremendously as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Batching, just batching the different things together. It's just yeah. very helpful for my brain. <laughs> I do the same too. And um, I, uh, on that surface level, I definitely started applying that. That was very helpful. And then when I added the level of me learning about masculine and feminine energy, which I know I've talked about before too, but then the, like, there's the service-based type of work that you do, right? That's like work for others, which is the feminine. And then there's like the working in your business side, which is the masculine. And when you can actually split up your days between masculine and feminine energy, you get even more success because you're not shifting between energies and it's not as draining. So if you're like, okay, I'm going to do these types of tasks that are for service for my, my clients. And then one day is like, I have to go behind the scenes and do all these things for my business, like, yeah. you know, invoicing, like whatever, follow up, da, 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 scheduling meetings, whatever that looks like. Then it's even more productive when you do the batch work. Yes. And that was a, a new thing I learned from you in one of your <laughs> workshops. And I was like, light bulb, like that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was huge for me. I only learned that this last year and I found my business now for four and a half years. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved that when you started talking about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes total sense. Cause it's hard to shift from zoom calls and then to writing and then to like, you can't, it's just, it kind of just like a stunts to your productivity if you're trying mm -hmm. to go back and forth between things all day long. Yeah, because it takes a lot of mental and emotional and physical energy to do that. Yeah. So, um, so like, for example, when I schedule these podcast interviews, I actually have a much bigger window than we need because I know that afterwards I'm going to need to do some recharge. Yeah. So I'll actually put in there, like, I'll read for a little while or do something to kind of decompress and process what happened before I shift into the next thing. So like yeah. I actually create even bigger windows too when it's like something like this. So yeah, I actually have it set on my, my scheduling calendar app software when people schedule calls with me that there's um, like actually buffers, like there has to be a minimum this much time between each call. So I actually have time to do those kinds of things that I need to. So yeah, I love that. Awesome. So Michelle, this has been so freaking amazing talking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. I loved all the things we covered so much. I have some things to drop in the show notes. So good. Um, plugs unintentionally for Honey Book <laughs> and Kajabi. Thank you. Um, also, I would love to hear where can everybody find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they can connect with you if they want to work with you? Share all the things. Okay. Yeah. So it's super easy. It's uh, my business is Michelle Hauk Agency. My last name is H-A-U-C-K. Um, but I'm on Instagram, Michelle Hauk Agency. Uh, my website is michellehaukagency.com. And my email is michelle at michellehaukagency.com. So Everything has my name in it. Super easy to remember. Um, and if you, you can send me a DM, the easiest way to get in touch with me is through email. Um, and if you are interested in working together, you can fill out an application on my website and then my automation will get that going for you. <laughs> so good. But she'll see it too. It's not just the system yeah. doing it. It just helps yeah. her see it faster. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's still me. <laughs> yes. Okay, last question and all our interviews with is what does it mean to you to be the CEO of your life and business? To me, that means figuring out what you actually want in your life, not what other people 
make you feel like you need, but actually figuring out what you want, what makes you happy and just making it happen because you have control over that. You can absolutely have whatever dream life you want. If you are just wanting, if you're a stay at home mom and you just want to make 50 bucks a month, you can do it. You can figure out something, a way to do that, doing something that you love. If you want to make a million dollars, you can do that too. So, um, I just, uh, yeah, I, I definitely am a huge believer in just figuring out what you love, what you want in your life, and you can make absolutely make that happen. Thank you so much, Michelle. Really appreciate you having on board today. Thanks for being a guest on the Dance CEO podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Dance CEO podcast where aspiring or established dance business owners and entrepreneurs learn to become the CEO of your life and business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review and rating. To stay up to date and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me, your host, on Instagram at the Dance CEO Coach. Until next time.